Welcome to the North Group Podcast. At North Group, we're constantly invited into organizations in order to influence leadership and organizational behavior. It is absolutely fascinating. I'm your host, Roger North, and we'd like to invite you into that conversation. Dan, I'm probably in a conversation, I don't know, probably at least once a week in some form or another, that eventually gets to this, this, this saying that people have, again, in one form or another, a tiger can't really change its stripes. Mm, mm-hmm. And in fact, I just heard it an hour ago. I did not react well to it. <laughs> Is it really true? You know, I, I think, well, I, I have many thoughts on this concept. One. Well, contain those thoughts. We only have a few <laughs> minutes here. Well, one is just the nature of, of idiom in general. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the concept is most of these things are born out of some truth. And understanding, taking the time to step back and say, I, you know, I wonder what somebody was thinking when they said that. Because there's a reason for it. Or if it. they were even thinking. Or they're just repeating something. That the idiom is so common. Yes. Yeah. That, that it uh, yeah, is the first thing to manifest in their brain. I mean, I think there is some truth to the concept. Uh, often, you know, in conversations with some of our clients, some of our friends, I'll say something like, I don't believe in impossibilities of development. Mm-hmm. I do believe that some people choose not to develop certain things. And, and we all have a, a way in which we've been... Uh made genetically, a way in which we've been conditioned over the course of life by education, by experiences, by people with whom we've had relationships. Some of those relationships have been frustrating. Mm -hmm. Some of them have been hopeful. And they form our view of how human beings behave. And for the most part, people stay within their type. Would you agree with that? By the way, I'm talking to Dan Burkholder. We're like five minutes into this thing. I didn't even introduce him. Dan Burkholder is, is one of my favorite people in the world. We happen to work together at North Group. But anyway, Dan. Thanks for do having people, me. You're welcome. But do people mostly play to type? Yeah. I mean, this has become an incredibly large topic. And we do work in, in the space of various types of psychometric assessments. you, you got a whole host of things out there. Some of the longer form ones like... Myers-Briggs and DISC you know, have been around for quite some time, and people have been using them to greater and lesser effect, to newer ones like Enneagram. I mean, we, we, the grand we. Actually, Enneagram is ancient. It's another topic for another time. Okay. <clears throat> uh, we, in general, we, we like being typed. Mm-hmm. There, there is something that, uh, for all of us, is comforting in knowing that these are my people. It's okay to an extent. What fascinates me, quite frankly, in larger sociological study is that we're in an era where we're trying to erase types. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. at the same time, mm-hmm. there's a prevalence of these uh, various tools coming out that in some cases are being overused. And when it comes to typing in general, uh, yeah, I agree. I think it's there. I think it exists. I mean, I'm not quite five and a half feet tall. If you're asking me to you're get short. things on the highest shelf. I wouldn't use the word tall when yeah. we're talking about you. I I'm five and a half feet short. Short, that's yeah. what I would okay. say. Uh, if you're asking me to get things on that top shelf, you're asking the wrong guy. Yeah. Yeah. So there are... But does that apply to behavior? You're talking about a physical attribute. And you, you can't easily change that physical attribute. I would also say you can't easily change behavior, but... You can change behavior. It's a choice. Yeah. It's just a hard choice. And that gets back to this concept of, I don't believe in impossibilities of development. 
but I do believe some people choose not to. Right. So is it the case, if we're thinking about that tiger, uh, that they cannot change their stripes, perhaps we're using the idiom one degree beyond yeah. its utility. The statement in its absolute is categorically false. Correct. But it does have some applicability, and we do have an opportunity to use it as a form of a challenge. Yes. I use yeah. it as a form of challenge in my, in my leadership development, organizational development work, where somebody is locked into a certain way of behaving, and that way of behaving is not helping the organization that they're asked to help. In fact, yeah. it's working against them for a period of time, and they keep working harder and harder at those same behaviors and getting lesser and lesser uh, results. Yeah. And at some point, you just have to look the person in the eye and say, you know, you're capable of behaving differently than you have, are you willing? And th this, honestly, I think this is where you see the most dangerous use of idioms, like the one mm -hmm. in front of us today, is where the individual themselves may say, hey, Roger, a tiger can't change its stripes. Yeah. And that's where we find those things to be terribly limiting. So let me just cut in on that. So you've been in situations, I'm sure, yeah. where a person looked you in the eye and said that. Said that or something to that or effect. Or something to that effect. Yeah. Some derivation, if mm -hmm. you will, of that idiom. We've, we've all heard them. As I mentioned, I heard one about an hour ago. We just yeah. used different different animal type or mm -hmm. whatever it might have been. Uh, I think that's an opportunity for those of us here at North Group to really put one of our values in play. Mm. And that's, we call it, instilling hope. Yeah. Yep. Because if somebody has come to the point where they believe that they cannot change. Yeah, right. That's a really, really difficult place for you to find yourself, not only as a leader and your effect on other people as a servant leader, but as an individual to get up in the morning and yeah. say, I'm just going to do Groundhog Day again. Right. Well, and that's where you get to this concept of, are they going to choose to do it? Exactly. And we all make choices. We all make choices based on the parameters in front of us. Here, here's my solution space. I, I've got all of these different constraints, and I'm going to make this best choice. But at times you wonder, are these constraints actually true? Mm -hmm. How long have you been sitting with this thought that this is one of your behavioral constraints? And of course you're not going to make a different decision because you believed that this was reality. That, that is a difficult place. I mean, some of the more classic ones that we would see would be things like, well, you know, I'm kind of introverted. Mm -hmm. So I cannot mm -hmm. speak in this particular setting. Mm -hmm. That's not true. That isn't true at all. Or we'll flip it. You're uncomfortable. <clears throat> and as a result, you're choosing not to. You believe you're ineffective. Yeah. And as a result, you're not willing to work at it to get better. All of those types of things may be in play. And, and the opposite. If you just flip that scenario and uh, make it a malady both you and I might suffer mm -hmm. from, <clears throat> I talk a lot. Therefore, I haven't really I, noticed I'll that. Be sharing, Dan, do you talk a lot? I won't be sharing the airtime. <laughs> <laughs> this is interesting. This is the first one of these that we're doing, and we selected the two of us to go first. <laughs> this may go on for a while. <laughs> but, but you see, I mean, how many times people will, for whatever reason, hey, I, I've been psychologically profiled mm -hmm. this way. Mm -hmm. um, I am this ethnicity, therefore yeah. I do this yeah. behavior. Yeah. Uh, my, my mother or father engage in this behavior, therefore I engage in this behavior. Mm -hmm. I'm not diminishing the context for your scenario, but to make it the case that you have then solidified 
in perpetuity? Yeah. That seems a little silly. Yeah, and, and it lacks hope. Yeah. One of my favorite, I hear a lot of stories. You hear a lot of stories oh, yeah. in, in, in the context of your life and, and your work. Probably my favorite type of story to hear is when somebody reveals that they've broken a dysfunctional pattern mm -hmm. that existed in their life or in their origin. When somebody, you know, this, it's not simple to do, but a simple story would be somebody that's born into the family of an alcoholic where the grandfather was sure. an alcoholic yeah. and the great-grandfather was an alcoholic and there was alcohol in the house and the behaviors that were associated with that were quote-unquote normal behaviors. And that person one day decides that's not going to be my pattern. I love to hear those stories yeah. and, 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 and listen to a person about how they went about and, and, and accomplished that, broke the pattern and created something better and more hopeful for their future and for the future of others in their, in their orbit. I mean, that is just a beautiful thing. And that is one of the examples of, uh, I guess, my belief about this idiom, and I'll bounce this off of you because I yeah. don't know if I've shared this before, but I, I, again, I often have people say some derivation of the idiom, a tiger can't change its stripes. And I look at them and almost always give some version of this answer. I say, that is true in a, that is categorically not true, but in practicality, it is true in a majority of cases. Yeah. But we absolutely, positively have the ability to change. Oh, yeah. And if we didn't, what is human existence? What is human potential? What is servant leadership, for yeah. heaven's sake, even about if we believe that we're typecast throughout life for, for, uh, for behaviors that were somehow genetically or conditionally yeah. bred into us? I mean, that is just a, a hopeless way of looking at the world. Yeah. And you, you think about those stories, um, how hope-filled they are. And, and they're so wonderful because you have something to come back to <laughs> with the individual. <laughs> To say, you've done this mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. You've done it before. Yeah, you can do absolutely. it again. And there's a story for everybody. I mean, everybody at some point oh, yeah. in their life, whether they can remember it or not, whether it was uh, hopeful to them or not, there was some point in their life yeah. where they acted, behaved, even believed differently for a period of time in order to extract themselves from a negative situation or affect a different result in the way something was headed. Everybody has done that, even if it's in a very small and limited situation. So we have that capability, but it's hard. Yeah. And the older you get, the harder it is because patterns are inbred into human existence, more for some people than others. But. And, and what I think the false belief, if you associate with the idiom, would be is those stripes become darker and yes. deeper. Yes, good, yeah, true. But this is this is old phrasing. I, I'm going to butcher it if I've heard enough people use it in different ways that I'm not sure uh, where the genesis of the phrase comes from. But generally, people do not change until the present pain mm -hmm. is so great mm -hmm. that the change they're considering has to have an even greater perceived payoff. And I think I generally agree with what you say, although I'll have to think about it a little more. Yeah. But wouldn't it be better... If we chose to make those behavioral adjustments before the pain became that intense, yeah. why does pain need to be the stimuli? And I think in a lot of ways, that's what we're hoping to be about as yeah. an organization is to identify simply what does this organization need in order to uh, live out its mission, to yeah. behave in alignment with its values, to live out an, an, a strong and, and, and adhering, cohesive kind of culture and then how do you normally behave as 
as a leader yeah. Yeah. and which parts of your behavior are coherent in alignment with what we just expressed about our hopes for the organization and which aren't. Yeah. And if there's some that aren't, and there almost always will be, don't we have an opportunity then to say, get up in the morning and say, I'd rather behave this way because it's easy, mm-hmm. but what's needed for me today is something different than that. And for you and I, a simple one would be to shut up once in a while, you know, and let somebody else express themselves. To Probably got a lot a of qu- colleagues who are going to clap when they hear this part of the they podcast. They very well may, yeah. and good for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think that, you know, when you think about the concept of the pain, one of the things that idioms can do is they can make the complex simple, but I'm not always sure they make the complex clear. Mm-hmm. Right? Those are those are slightly different concepts. They're mm-hmm. not synonyms. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And when you think about this notion of a tiger can't change its stripes, we could talk about un- we can unpack this for a much longer time than we have here today. But y- you are dehumanizing who we are. Absolutely. For, for starters, I agree with that 100. percent do I believe that we are animals? Yeah, but I believe that we're a higher animal. And this concept of waiting until pain, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of animals do that. Mm-hmm. We're not them. Mm-hmm. We have the ability with foresight to say, if we continue in this pattern, or I see this external factor coming that's not even here yet, we can make a behavioral change. Before we even get there, I mean, you think about some of the work that I'm, I know you've done, some of the work that I've done, uh, particularly with folks that might be within a, a five-year window mm-hmm. of retiring. Right. Often I'll think that, that the best conversations that we have is a transition of one word. I want you to stop thinking about what you're retiring from mm-hmm. and start thinking about what you're retiring, retiring to. to. Yes. Beautiful. The, the change of one word. And it's not here yet. But we know that it's on its way. So what can we start doing a little bit differently today? We don't have to even experience that painful point. We do succession planning, transition, yep. leadership development. We want to get out in front of it. Yeah. Who, are you, who should you promote into that position? Why don't you promote the person who's already doing that yeah. job yep. and just doesn't have that title yet? So there are a number of things that to use a particular idiom and have it so ingrained mm-hmm. into your philosophy it cheapens who, who we are. It's damaging yeah. to, to, to the forward movement of life and to the forward right. movement of organizations. I think I'm going to put a wrap on this by sharing, you know, one of the most poignant conversations I think I've had in, in, in my work over the last decade or so. I was sitting with a, a young leader at mm-hmm. the time. Uh, he was in a succession process with, uh, with his dad. And he's very, very different type, if you will, yeah. than his dad. His dad was uh, outgoing, he was charismatic, he was forceful, he was well-known in the community, and he had used that, you know, those skills, those gifts to build the business in yeah. a positive way. His son was almost the polar opposite of that. And we were, we were looking at some uh, assessment tools that we had used in his case. And uh, very, very humble mm-hmm. sort of young gentleman. And he looked at me and said, Roger, we just went over uh, my assessment, and I'm wondering can you lead from this type? Mm. And it was, it it was a wonderful moment because it gave me an opportunity to instill hope. And as I think about that young man today, now a middle-aged man leading a bigger, more progressive, more community oriented, more successful organization than what he inherited. 
uh, I feel hope. Yeah. Because I think what I learned there, and I learn it over and over again, is that a tiger can change his stripes, but he needs to understand his stripes yeah. as a way to get started on that. I fully agree. Thanks for that story. Dan, thanks for being with me today on the North Group Podcast. Hey, thank you, Roger. You're welcome.